Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Uh, we are doing a new episode of The Stack. We are going over the new books for DC Comics. Uh, let me look at the date real quick. We are going to be going over the books for October the 3rd. Damn, first week in October. Let's go around the uh, roundtable real quick before we start anything. But uh, I got Alex. What the fuck? I was about to say Alex Maleev. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I wish we had Alex Malib. Um We got Robin D. Cross in Canada. Hey. And uh, I am Bat Force Tom over in California. Uh, got it's a, Alex. It's a small round table this week. Yeah, it's more of like a it's more of a, a, a desk than a table. Um, I got Alex Malib on my brain because we were just talking about how Alex Malib did the interiors for the new Green Arrow issue, and we were like, um, "Where did he come from?" Did you do? I thought he did the uh, cover. You said. Oh, did yeah. you do the cover? Yeah, it was that it was the cover. Was, yeah, Javier Fernandez. Fernandez. Uh, yeah, Malib did the regular what? cover for it. Get out of here! What is playing on my phone right now? Stop it! <laughs> oh my god, this this episode is a goddamn mess already. Off the, it's already off the rails. Holy yeah, shit! You want to start it over? No, it's fine. We're keeping all this shit in. I don't give a fuck. This, this people, the people like it when it's nice and uh, natural. This is what happens, all right. Nice and not polished. We give you, we give you two weeks of just fucking just gold, and then it all falls apart, and this is what you're left with. So deal with it, people. This is truth. Yeah, this is. We're just on fucking our last legs. It's not our fault. Anyhow, just like I mentioned, uh, new episode of the stack, new comics from DC Comics. Thank you to DC Comics for sending these to us early uh, to talk about and review. But um, again, I didn't I, I didn't go and look and see what people are bitching about. I did see a couple people mad because they're very big like Wally West fans, so people are pissed off about that. Spoilers: uh, Wally West, uh, Roy Harper, um, Hotspot. Who else dies in this? Heroes in Crisis. Those are the big Blue, ones. Blue Jay is Blue that Jay. his name? I think. Yeah. Uh, we we're uh, not sure, but we think that Booster is probably dead. I don't know. I. I, I don't see either of them being uh, either by by either of them. I mean, him and Harley. Uh, like this seems like the story will be Booster and Harley centric. So I I feel like he's going to survive where we saw him uh, you know, where it left off at the last page there. Okay. Uh, I think they'll be central to this mystery. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I don't know, like I said, I haven't really delved f- too far deep into why people are pissed off. I know one of the reasons is that um, I saw a very interesting article, actually, that was uh, not an article. It was more of a thread where people were commenting about um, that it's mainly young characters that they're going after with these deaths. And it's a shame that 
Um, eventually, you know, you want to be able to have these characters grow up and possibly take on certain mantles for certain characters. And um, it's like a new generation. You want to pass down the uh, baton. And if you're killing them, it's hard to do that. And uh, I also read some fans think um, when you kill a character, you know, it's kind of like an easy way out instead of like uh, trying to find other ways of um, making them grow. Uh, it's just kind of like a quick way of clearing the slate and then starting over, I guess. But those were some of the more, um, um, you know, well, well thought comments that I saw. But I do know people are pissed off just because people are going to be pissed off about everything. Um, I'm not seeing nearly as much hate as uh, Batman 50, but um, what do you have you seen anything? Uh, I've seen little bits of it, and I I think it's just the hate that we see on the internet every time anything yeah, happens yeah. or doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not like uh, it's not like a lot of these people are are uh, mature. They're just saying dumb shit, just like piss people off and um, tagging creators. I saw Tom King mention a few things about, like, and he's, like, taking responsibility for the story, taking responsibility for some of the deaths. People love to think that Dan DiDio just, like, loves to murder. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> at, like, <laughs> yeah, people act like Dan is writing every story. Yeah, and uh, I know that he, in the past, has, like, suggested, oh, you know, maybe we do this, maybe we do that. Um, back in, like, 2013 or 14, I know that... Uh, what was his name? He was writing Green Lantern at the time, and he left um, because he didn't want to kill Jon Stewart, and that was something that editorial had asked him to do, and he was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. Um, Joshua Fialkov, that's who it was. So he, like, walked away from the book uh, because of that. Um, so I know that, you know, sometimes it's suggested, but um, for whatever reason, whatever decision or whatever the case, it happened, and... People love to go straight for Dan DiDio, and uh, I've I've personally met Dan DiDio. Uh, he's a great guy, you know. I, I try, I, I try to be a nice guy, and uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to murder everybody. But uh, sometimes, you know, you got to find new ways to make a characters fresh, and uh, what better way to put him six feet under, you know? Um, but again, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. I'm always open to uh, changes here or there. Um, I wasn't that like oh, I was more of like holy shit that's pretty brutal especially because they're so young that's more of like what I was where my my thought went um, but in any case that's where we are right now and uh, some of the books from this week have ripple effects because of that um, and we'll get to some of those books but I think the biggest one obviously that we want to talk about is Batman issue fifty six um, with art by Tony Daniel written by Tom King. Uh, main, main AKA name. Bruce Wick number sixty number fifty six. <laughs> this this issue felt like a John Wick movie to me. You yeah, know, uh, Bruce, uh, yeah, on the you know, looking for revenge, on the trail, hunting someone down. You know, going to this guy, going to the next guy, going to the next yeah. guy. You know, working his way up the chain to to find the guy he's looking for for revenge. Um, another thing too, I know that there was actually some people confused back in issue 55 of Batman. Not everyone knew that the, uh, we'll just get into it. Uh, it, obviously if you're keeping track with the stack, you know, we talked about it already that, uh, Anatoly Kanaisov, uh, the KG beast, um, shot Dick Grayson, Rich Grayson, uh, in the head at the end of issue 55, um, a lot of people didn't know it was KG Beast, I guess, because he wasn't in uniform. I, I knew it was him only because uh, of the amputated arm. 
Um, yeah. So, like, I didn't know who it was at the beginning because it looks like just any random dude with a shaved head. But then when you notice that he's got the accent and then he's missing the arm, I was like, oh, it's KG Beast. Um, so if there's any any confusion on that, that's who it was who shot Dick Grayson at the end of 55. And this issue, we see a little more backstory on KG Beast as he uh, seeks out his father uh, at the same time as Batman is uh, hunting him down. Um I think uh, I, I I love this issue. Like I, I uh, it was cool, well paced. The art was good. The story. I mean, dude, I was I tweeted it. I said like, um, what did I say? I said Tom King is ruining fucking comics because I keep comparing everybody else's storytelling to his because he's so genuinely and effortlessly humanizes superheroes. Um, that was more so commentary on Heroes in Crisis, but you know he does it in this too. Because it's to me, this is like how you say John Wick, just a pissed off, bloodthirsty Bruce Batman that just wants to come and fuck somebody up, and yeah. um, you know, raw emotion basically. Uh, like the the first time we see Bruce, he is at the gun shop where KG Beast got the rifle that he used to to shoot Dick, and the the first page you see him, he's just standing in the shop and telling the guy to run. Uh, he got runs a chance, his... and then... Yeah, he jumps through, like, a fucking window, right? Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I thought it was... in Again, Tom King continuously bringing back, like, just pulling from the rafters old-school DC characters. Um, who is who is in this one? I know I'm Jesus, blanking Jesus, we're on. just continuing it. Bronze <laughs> Tiger! There you go. Why did he, think of the did he put Bronze Tiger in his run before? I want to say like Bronze Tiger has been in Rebirth recently. Yeah, uh, Tom used him when they went after Bane in Santa Prisca. Okay, that's why. Yes. Um, yeah, when okay. they, you know, he was part of a Batman Strike Team that he pulled out of Arkham to to go take Bane down. Right. So he puts Bronze Tiger. Uh, and Canto in this uh, issue, um, which was totally badass because I, I think the Bronze Tiger was cool. But the cool part about the Canto part is that he tells him the way he found him was that he talked to oh, no I didn't I think he caught, he talked to him or he found him because of Bronze Tiger. But he said I talked to Orion. Granny Goodness is looking for you. That was the shit to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he immediately freaks out and he gets scared. So I always love whenever uh, Tom King throws in some of those uh, characters, but it's badass, number one, to see that Batman is interacting with the new gods, uh, talking to Orion, uh, is aware of and knows about Granny Goodness and all that shit. It's just fucking awesome. So cool. Um, so that was like a highlight of the issue. Um, just just the way that he's talking and behaving and, and uh, you know, coming after... KG Beast was another thing that was just really cool about this. The way that uh, Tom King kind of set up the issue um, made it seem like you say, really cinematic, like it's somebody hunting down a bad guy. Yeah, uh, and the extremely remote location that uh, that he tracks him to, it is so cold there. You know, he illustrates uh, he illustrates how remote it was and how dangerous uh, a climate it is. Uh, in the part where he's describing that it's too cold for vehicles, even dogs won't go out there. Uh, that's your third try in the bat plane and our third lost plane. Huh. Because it's so cold out there. Jesus. 
Yeah, is this uh, this is the, we're we're starting to see what the motivation is behind uh, shooting Dick Grayson in the head, um, because he mentions it when he's talking to his father. He's like, "You remember the Batman? He took my arm." He's like, "Did you take his?" He's like, "I took his son." And he goes, "Hmm, yeah. what good is a son anyway?" Which was pretty brutal because it's he's talking to his own son. So, um, but it, and but it it also I think it also shows how much Beast didn't want Batman to be able to track him down because he knows his father is the only way he has left that Batman could possibly figure out where he is. Yeah. So he shows up and just wipes out his father. Yeah, that was that was pretty uh, gnarly itself. I didn't see that one coming at all. Um, I thought he was like protecting his father because Batman was coming to like interrogate him. Um, and he would like show down with him. I didn't. I didn't expect to see him fucking shoot him in the in the face. So that was pretty brutal. Um, yeah, great issue. Uh, interested to see where this goes. And uh, that kind of. I know you didn't read Nightwing yet, but um, that influences a little bit of the uh, the story for Nightwing that came out this week, which was uh, fantastic. Um, Nightwing got shot in the head, obviously. So. He's not going to be 100%, so this issue of Nightwing uh, shows that, and it kind of shows how he's recovering. Um, he has lost his memory. He's lost his ability to fight. Um, he has he has headaches. Uh, you know, he has blackouts, um, and so it's just a really crazy version of Dick Grayson. He's got a shaved head. He's got a scar, and it's almost like, um, you know, at one point, you could tell that he's been talking to Batman and... Uh, and Batgirl and the Bat Family, and they're explain. At some point, they explain to him who he was and what he's what he is, and he just refuses to accept it. Like he just, it's not him anymore. You know, he's forgotten that life. Um, so now he's just this kind of dude that's just kind of like walking the streets at night because he he doesn't know why he's like nocturnal. He doesn't know why he can't sleep. He just goes out, you know. And so, and what's what's interesting is that like I got a total taxi driver vibe, a Scorsese taxi driver vibe. Uh, because instead of like figuring out why he can't sleep and why you know he he stays up at night, he just goes and gets a job moonlighting as a taxi driver. Um, and so he's talking to the dude who's uh, going to be giving him the job, and he's explaining to him that like, you're gonna have people proposition you in the backseat of this car, you're gonna have people attack you in the backseat of this car, you're gonna have all this stuff happen to you. So are you ready for this? And then he's pretty much like, I'm counting on that. Um, and so it's just a really really like crazy just look at what might happen to dick grayson if he gets shot in the head and he's given this chance to either you know start all over again or just completely reject who nightwing is and he chooses to reject it and uh, there's a moment in the Batcave when um barbara's like crying and she's explaining to bruce like i've tried to talk to him he doesn't want to listen and if he doesn't want to listen you know there's no point he's not going to come back we've probably lost him for good and she like looks over and Batman says, well, maybe this is good for him. Maybe this is what he needs, a fresh start without us. And the panel that they show is the uh, the Dick Grayson Robin suit lit up in the Batcave, almost as if it's like a Jason Todd suit on display. Um, but it's a Dick Grayson version suit. And it's just like fucking so awesome, that, that, that image. Um, super, super badass. So, but yeah, the whole issue is kind of like that. The whole issue is like, really sad kind of like um you know it, it, it's it's showing you 
what's happened after the issue. You know, you don't really know what's going to happen further than that. It's kind of showing some uh, flashbacks as well um, as to uh, how he was when he was younger and how different it is now. And how before, you know, he loved being he loved being Robin. He loved being Nightwing. That was his identity. And now he's just a dude that's like living in bars, playing pool and hanging out with like these low level people. Um, so really awesome, written by Benjamin Percy, fantastic. And then it had a couple of different artists, Travis Moore, Chris uh, Moynihan, Klaus Jansen did some of the stuff. I think Klaus did some of the flashback stuff. Um, just excellent issue of Nightwing. And if you guys haven't been reading Nightwing, jump on with this one. Really, really good. Um, yeah, I'm flipping through some of it right now as you're uh, talking about that uh, towards the end, uh, the second last page where it shows Dick standing outside, uh, standing beside all of his uh, his Suits. former Nightwing costumes. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the Disco Nightwings and then uh, all the other iterations, including New 52 and all that. Um, great stuff. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check that out. What else we got after that? Um, we could probably do a little bit of the Justice League since you read that, right? Uh, yeah, I've read most of that. One other thing I forgot that I've read. Uh, did you read the uh, Witching Hour issue? I didn't. Uh, so, yeah, we can we can go on that one after uh, Justice League if you want. All right. Uh, I can go through that one a bit. But, yeah, uh, I haven't completed Justice League. I've been uh, busy with the con, so I'm a little bit behind on my reading. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hit Justice League. Uh, it was a pin- very interesting issue because... This is Justice League issue number nine, uh, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Jorge Jimenez. And uh, in the last arc that we had, um, we had the Legion of Doom um, trying to, Lex Luthor essentially using the Legion of Doom to overthrow uh, the Justice League to gain power over the totality to use to his advantage. Um, He was able to harness the power of um, the, the Still Force, uh, what else was he able to harness? The Still Force. Um, he's using the ultraviolet spectrum with Sinestro, and he was trying to get uh, the doorway to the. Um, oh God, what's it called? He wants to open the doorway to um, the graveyard of gods, uh, but they thwarted that. So the Justice League worked together to kind of, uh, you know, to to thwart off the Legion of Doom at least for a bit. And this is the issue that takes place after that. Um, and Snyder calls it kind of like a one-shot. So this is a good opportunity if you haven't been reading Justice League to jump on too. It, uh, it's basically, it almost looked like an excuse to let Jorge Jimenez like just draw and show off. And uh, they're, <laughs> they're kind of like exploring the, uh, the new Hall of Justice and how everyone has their own uh, domains within and how, you yeah. know, how everyone's quarters kind of um, speak to who they are and what they do and so it's just kind of going room by room and uh, Aquaman has this like almost like pirate looking quarters um, Flash has this like lab that he uses to just make himself like better so he pushes himself to like every limit possible to continuously train um, Martian John, Man- John Stewart has basically a little army barrack yeah it looks like he's a, he's a it looks like he's a, a soldier uh, that's been uh that's been um, deployed. Um, hot is it Hot Girl or is it Martian Manhunter who creates it to make other people comfortable? One of the two. Uh, that's Manhunter. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman describes when he went to see him, he he made his 
his domain look like a sunset at Amnesty Bay. That's right, yeah. Um, so just amazing visuals in this issue. Again, Jorge Menes just showing and, off. And all of those scenes uh, showing all of their domains are uh, sort of interspliced by shots of Superman reassembling uh, all the pieces of the moon, which they had previously blown up. Like in the first or second issue, right? Uh, oh, yeah, er- early on in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like it's almost like it's like uh, Legion of Doom's here, and the Batman just fucking pushes the button, and blows the moon up. It's like, what did you do that for? Figured it'd be a good idea. Um, so yeah, that's a question that I've had for the longest. It's like, what the hell? You just blow the moon up, but Superman's putting it back together piece by piece, and as he's doing that, um, this alien species that sucks uh, solar radiation is kind of uh, coming down on him. Batman is trying to get him to come back because that alien is coming down and he thinks he's yeah, going to kill like him. Yeah, like first 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 there were a couple uh like of the smaller ones. Yeah. That that showed up and you know Superman just kind of handles them. But Bruce is warning him that you know if if they're there then one of the bigger ones that that will be a serious problem for him. Yeah. Is going to be right behind them. Yeah. Superman's ignoring Batman completely ignoring him and not not heeding his warnings of coming back you know we or actually uh, batman's suiting up to take to take it on like they're all getting ready to kind of go after it and superman's like no don't don't i got this and the alien like like falls back and doesn't continue to attack um superman did you get that just turns around and and goes back away yeah Uh... and then essentially but what happens is that clark reassembles the moon and he puts it in the path of the sun, so it creates a, um, what do you call it, an eclipse, so that powers down the the alien anyway. Um, great issue, very cool. It was just the suits that that Batman's put in. I love how he's like in like a regenerative, like like bed at one point, um, just chilling, kind of getting repaired. Um, super sweet, but uh, yeah, it's it's this issue definitely want make made me want more. Um, because it looked amazing, and uh, the stuff, uh, what, eight issues before, was pretty insane. It was a nice little, like, relaxed, like, there was a lot of shit that was happening in those first eight issues. Like, I have, I would have to read a, an issue uh, before it to kind of get uh, everything out of the, the next one, just because so much was happening, I needed to give it all my attention, a very small, limited attention span as it is. So, um, but that's, again, like, that's exactly the kind of Justice League book that I want, is I want things to be happening so that every member of the Justice League is being used. And that's definitely happening in this run where no one is getting, like, you know, no one is getting uh, um, wasted. And it was cool to see in the first couple of issues that Batman was kind of just there. And everybody else was, like, Martian Manhunter was quarterbacking and everybody else was kind of following his lead. Um, so it really was, like, a Justice League book in the sense. Um Good issue. What I wanted to say about Green Arrow is that uh, in this issue of Green Arrow, real quick. Oh, you wanted to talk about what do you call it, though, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, for anyone who's been reading Justice League Dark, uh, this week is the beginning of Witching Hour. So, it's going to be a crossover between Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman. And that begins with Wonder Woman, Justice League Dark, Witching Hour number one. Nice. So this is uh, also written by Jim, uh, James Tynan. So this 
Uh, it goes back showing what we saw in Justice League Dark. Uh, are you caught up on Justice League Dark, by the way? Um, I believe I am, yes. Yeah, okay. So what we saw previously in, uh, in Justice League Dark, uh, going back, I think, to the first issue, was uh, Diana, when she was young, uh, kind of going out into the forest at night and spying on that ritual that was being done. And uh, as we saw in the last issue, the brand that was put on her head that she, you know, had, you know, was forced to forget about, you know, like uh, it sort of erased the whole experience from her mind, I think. Uh, that actually gave her the the abilities that saved their lives in the, in the last issue of Justice mm. League Dark. So we flash back to that and we see her being branded, etc., and then it gives a little backstory into uh, her mother being super pissed at everything that happened. And uh, fast forward to the present, uh, the Justice League is all talking. They're, they're looking for answers on how this creature that was able to demolish uh, Swamp Thing and rip out... Uh, Constantine's blood it was just wiping the floor with them but mysteriously stopped. Uh, so because she doesn't understand this power, doesn't know how to control it, doesn't know if she can even use it again, uh, Diana doesn't want to tell Batman or the rest of the Justice League about it until she knows what's up. But uh, basically they give everyone a look at what the Upside Down Man uh, looks like, you know, what they're dealing with. They're explaining how dangerous it is. This is what's going on. Uh, we're going to be, if, if we don't stop this, we're going to be invaded by an army of him and we won't be able to do anything about it. Mm, very interesting. Uh, the only other thing that uh, we get before the end of the issue is we see uh, a meeting of some of the sort of uh, lesser magicians that aren't involved in uh, with Brother Blood and everything, uh, Jason Blood, uh -huh. uh, while they're doing their own, you know, because they don't want to be involved with the Justice League. They, they think they can fix this problem with magic on their own. So in this uh, group of lower-level magicians that aren't a part of that thing are having a meeting and one of the uh, uh, one of the people intending attending rather the meeting, and uh, we also see that uh, sort of just hiding out in the place during the meeting, not there for it, just sort of hiding in the corner watching what's going on is John Constantine. Nice. So this group of magicians are there. Or, you know, they've gathered together to try to protect themselves, uh, you know, by coming together from. Uh, all the danger that's coming of magic right now. Mm. So they begin to uh, to launch into you know uh, a ritual to protect themselves. And while they're doing this, uh, Witchfire starts having flashes of memories of when she was a child. And we see cutscenes of when she was young, also being branded the the same way we saw Diana being branded. Mm. So while that, uh, after she sees this, the same thing that we saw happen to Wonder Woman when that magic came out of her, uh, also it's, it starts happening here, but basically this uh, uh, sort of 
this deity of magic that they're all supposedly serving uh, comes oh. into the room through her and just begins to incinerate the whole place Dude. because they've forgotten who they're supposed to be serving. So some of them manage to escape, you know, by jumping into other dimensions and stuff like that. But she incinerates most of the people in the room. So there's just a, a whole lot of sudden death. It's kind of like uh, the smoke, uh, the spirit monster coming out of uh, Melisandre in Game of Thrones and like slashing Renly's throat. But super creepy. That sounds really fucking creepy. Uh, it also takes us to... Uh, so the, the Justice League Dark, if you remember, had been given uh, an area beneath the Hall of Justice to sort of be their private headquarters. So much like we saw in Justice League, everyone was setting up their domain. Uh, Swamp Thing is creating his own. Uh, so to to develop that, he needs plant life. So he fills the room with all of these husks of himself so we see there's a, a splash page of all of these different swamp thing husks you know in different forms different shapes uh made of different plants and leaves and things so it, it looks like a room full of dead swamp fangs but mm. dope what's this book called so, again? Uh, th this is it's called uh the witching hour number one Super dope. And uh, like the uh, sort of the uh, subtitle at the top is Wonder Woman Justice League Dark. Ah, uh, I did see that. Yeah. Okay. So that's what this is. It's the beginning of that. So the issue ends. Now this is where things uh, get interesting. So this same deity of magic has uh, sort of mind controlled the entire Justice League and is making them forget this entire problem with magic that they're supposed to be trying to help and is keeping them uh, she explains that the rest of the world will be blind to magic until she has finished you know, wiping the world clean hmm. so she uh, she's shown up and she's just going to basically take out the Justice League dark and uh, while they're trying to get help, they're trying to call the the Justice League uh, to to get down there and help them. Uh, they're not able to hear them at all. Hmm. So we find out that uh, Bobo has put uh, a doorway to his bar, which is you know outside. It's sort of between dimensions. Uh, he had put a doorway to it inside the uh, the Hall of Justice. So they escape by by jumping into that and as soon as they get through uh, he has Swamp Thing destroy the door so that she can't follow them mm. so when they get in there they for a moment they think that they're going to be safe there but we see the the interior of the bar is just destroyed and it's filled with corpses and John Constantine is there and he just kisses Zatanna and she asks him why he did that and she said, isn't it obvious? It was my last chance. The witching hour has begun. Whoa. We're all going to die. Whoa. It's pretty nutty. So they just yeah, leave I, a huge cliffhanger. So yeah. Uh, well, yeah, ish, you know, in, in that we've got the Justice League are just being uh, mind-controlled so that they're not going to be able to help. Mm. And uh, everyone appears to be fucked. Good stuff. I, li I like it when things end with everyone appearing to be fucked. 
That is a, a good way to end a comic book, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Um, good stuff, man. Yeah, see that that's a total sleeper for me because I saw that title. Oh my god, there's so many. Now that I'm looking at the list, oh my god, we missed so much. There's uh, issue three of Adventures of the Super Sons that I really wanted to read. Completely forgot about that, but I will read that. Um, there was um, Green Lanterns. That uh, there was a new Green Lanterns issue. Really quickly, I flipped through the art because I was so pissed that I forgot to read. But uh, Cyborg Superman, I guess they just call them the Cyborg now because for a long time he's been actually more than just a super a Superman villain. Um, he's been battling it out with the uh, Green Lanterns for a while. Um, but the Cyborg Superman is in this issue. And spoilers, he's a fucking Red Lantern. Um, so that is badass. I want to read that. And also, by the way, that's written by Dan Jurgens, um, who's a freaking legend who's been writing... Some of the most amazing stuff at DC for years, uh, decades. So if anybody knows these kinds of characters, it's him. Uh, Mike Perkins did the art. The art looks amazing and phenomenal. So if you're a Green Lantern fan, I would highly suggest reading that. Um, there was a really good uh, Green Arrow issue that I read. Um, again, I read Nightwing and Green Arrow mainly because of the Heroes in Crisis stuff. But uh, spoilers, Roy Harper got it. He got murked in um, Heroes in Crisis issue number one. So I had to read Green Arrow number 45 because uh, I wanted to see how what was going to go down. And uh, funny that I mentioned Dan Jurgens because um, this was written by uh, Julie Benson and uh, Shauna Benson. But it had a very 90s DC Comics um, death of feel to it um, because the whole issue is Roy Harper's uh, funeral and uh, all the different DC characters, the top tiers really. Wonder Woman, um, Superman, Batman, well not Batman, Superman, Jon Stewart, um, Barbara, all these characters are out of costume and they're at the, uh, um, they're at the funeral and um, just kind of giving their thoughts about Roy and, and his impact on all their lives and Ollie is super pissed, like he's grieving but he's angry and he's angry at all the Justice League um, because he blames them for Roy Harper's death. But in reality, the way you read it, he's really angry at himself because he didn't he didn't see that Roy Harper needed help to begin with to have to go to Sanctuary in the first place. Um, so he's very pissed off at himself because of that. But, you know, he displaces the anger at the Justice League and then there's a moment when he's like threatening Superman and he's like socking him at the funeral and Diana's like explaining this is not the place for this and he's basically saying like this is all your fault you like basically you assholes did this this th a kid is dead because of you and then he's like I need I should stop you and I know exactly how I am the one person that can do it um, and as he's saying that um, Martian Manhunter like comes down and pulls him up uh, it looks like he pulls him into space but I think he just went into his mind and made it look that way but Martian Manhunter's like you need to stop and Oliver Queen is like, I have, he goes, you gave me the box. Remember, you told me that there may be a time to come when I would have to take them all down. So he's referring to, I think, the issue of uh, Justice League issue number one, when Martian Manhunter gives him um, the box that contains how to defeat every member of the Justice League. And Martian Manhunter trusts Oliver because Oliver's a human. And he knows that Oliver, you know, won't ever let his powers get to his head because he doesn't have any. So he bestows that power to Oliver. And it's kind of backfiring because 
all of us are human. So as a human, you know, you get overcome with emotion and sometimes fall victim to your emotions. And that's what's happening here. Um, so it kind of gives uh, Martian Manhunter kind of like second thoughts about it. But um, it was a great issue. The art was really cool. I like the way that uh, uh, the artist was doing the flashback scenes and the regular scenes in different styles. But it, I thought it was more than just one artist. But um, it was Alex believed in an incredible cover. And uh, Javier Fernandez did the interiors. Um, great issue. So if you guys have not been reading Green Arrow, jump into that. Which uh, then leads us to uh, another awesome um, arc that's starting, which is Deathstroke Arkham. So it's Deathstroke issue 36. Um, awesome, awesome variant cover by, um, what's his name that's been doing these? Francesco Mattina. And uh, are just all of his variants going to be just ridiculously priced? Because they're so freaking good. Well, this one at least is uh, just going to be like a normally orderable. Like it, okay. That Heroes in Crisis one he did was was crazy cool too, but that was a 1 in 200, so most shops didn't even get that. Yeah. And that one's going to be uh, just nuts to, to, unless you get lucky uh, scooping it somewhere. You're gonna end up paying a lot of money for that online, but uh, even the regular cover, yeah, is is dope. pretty badass as well. And and the art in here too, like it's it's uh, Deathstroke in Arkham Asylum, and he's uh, in the first opening uh, pages, he's like basically like killing <laughs> all these inmates in Arkham Asylum. Um, he's going to be yeah, like we, Grundy. It, it opens up. It opens up like the first page is Deathstroke slitting Riddler's throat. Yeah, that's so brutal. I didn't even. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I was like, no. It shows him in the next page on the floor bleeding out. Um, so that was super brutal. And uh, it's written by Priest, um, art by Ed Benes and Fernando Parson, and uh, it was inked by an awesome inker, Richard Friend, as. A couple different inkers, but um, Richard Friend has done a lot of work. He's worked a lot with um, um, David Finch, um, great inker, and he does some awesome, awesome black and white stuff that I love. I've actually gotten some things, and he's actually done the cover art for some death metal bands that I've also grabbed the uh, the albums for. So he did uh, uh, a cover for Father Befouled. He did another one for um, did he do a Phobia cover? He's done some awesome artwork for some bands. So. Um, great guy, check him out, Richard Friend. But this issue um, was kind of a trip because people, I posted the um, variant cover and someone was like, damn, like that's an awesome cover. And they were like, where's Penguin though? Because it's a lot of classic uh, rogues on the cover, but there's no Penguin. And I pointed out, actually, this is Arkham Asylum and that's why these inmates are on the cover because Penguin has not been deemed uh, insane, so he'd be going to Blackgate, not Arkham. Which uh, leads you to believe then if Dark if Deathstroke is in this, why is he insane? Which uh, they explain to you a little bit. Um, his ex-wife and his friend uh, turned on him. They flipped on him, and uh, they turned him in. And so, uh, because of the fact that he, uh, Deathstroke believes that there is like an AI that he sees and interacts with, um, he believes it's real, but uh, one of the psychiatrists in Arkham does not believe it's real. She thinks it's all a part of his imagination. Um, now, what what I was uh, what I was taking from where the story is going and the the references that they're making, this seems to uh, sort of pass over the events 
of the Deathstroke versus Batman story. Yeah, it's like right after. Yeah, like it, it feels like uh, everything it's referencing it are events that happened in the arc before that. Right. Right. Um, I, I can't get over the first couple of pages of this art, man, because it's all blacked out. There's like no backgrounds. It's just like foreground action of Deathstroke just destroying fools. Um, and it's des- he's destroying like rogues, Batman rogues, which is even more awesome. Um, Until the point where uh, it looks like he has nearly murdered his own son. Yeah. Who uh, Mad Hatter has uh, mind controlled to uh, to attack him. And then at that point, uh, they get the upper hand. We see Harvey blast him in the leg. That's right. And then Victor Zaz stabs him in the eye. Yeah. But then uh, after that, we cut to him laying on the floor in a padded cell. Yeah. And then uh, the AI is speaking to him, telling him, like, what are you doing? I have I have ways of breaking out of this place. Um, and as it, as it goes on, you see that he's in, in Arkham Asylum and all these other rogues are all in their own bad way. They're on, they're not loose. Um, they're all still very much not uh, locked up. And then he begins what is basically a uh, um, virtual reality therapy session with all the rogues, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, and then, you know, they start to break down, like, what exactly he's going through, what exactly he's seeing. Um, the end is the shit, too, because, <laughs> because it just makes you, like... So, so at one point, um, he listens to the AI that is trying to explain to him, like, I know the map out. Of, I know how to get out of here. We should break out. Um, so he takes the advice, and he starts breaking out of Arkham. And as soon as he gets out of Arkham, the, the last page, um, he gets abducted by fucking aliens, from what it looks like. Which I thought was absolutely fantastic, because <laughs> it just adds to, like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, he's totally crazy, you know? Um so just a well-written... And uh, then, and then uh, like, the the caption at the bottom of the last page says, Next, Martians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was a great issue. Like, it was, uh, it was pretty cool because it was almost, like, half and half. They gave you old-school Deathstroke, but then they also put you in a situation where um, it's showing you something different and the reader isn't necessarily 100% sure what's going on either. Um, so just a cool, fun issue. But the art, goddamn... That art was good. Uh, and it also starts up uh, what seems to be like a little mini arc that uh, is called uh, Deathstroke Arkham. So, very cool. If you guys are a fan of Arkham Asylum and all that stuff, it's good shit. Um, we ran through a whole hell of a lot already, didn't we? That's pretty much it. We did, and we seemed horribly disorganized doing it. <laughs> We're usually a lot more together than... Uh than we were this week but i think we both just had really busy weekends that's happen. that's where the magic of editing comes in and makes it sound like none of that shit ever happened so by the time people are listening to this Excellent. they're gonna think that it was just a well-oiled machine not knowing that except for the <laughs> intro i think i'm gonna leave all the shit in the intro that's too funny <laughs> aside from that intro all this other shit they didn't even hear so we were just on the money tonight and, and, and unless we decide to leave this part in where we're talking about all of the mess that they aren't going to hear. I think that's just as funny because they were like, wait, what the fuck? They're going to rewind it. Um, just want to say real quick, thank you to uh, all the loyal listeners because we, we pulled a little prank um, a couple episodes back and uh, we had recorded with Grandpa Batman and we had that was kind of sandwiched in between a bunch of other episodes that were coming out. 
um, that we didn't want to steal the the spotlight from. So we decided, well, f it. Let's just upload it, not say anything. The people who listen to this stuff will listen to it. Those who are, um, you know, whoever uh, subscribes to it will get it and they'll listen to it. And uh, that episode right now is doing almost the same numbers as another episode that has a huge DC Comics artist on on uh, with that episode. So uh, thanks for everybody that listens that doesn't even wait until we make an announcement and just is automatically listening to the stuff. So uh, we really appreciate you guys. Get other people to listen to it. You know, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on uh, Twitter. Get your friends to listen. Send us emails. Let us know who you want us to talk to. Let us know what books you want us to talk about. Um, Don't just stop at getting your friends to listen. Get your mom to listen. Get your aunt to listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny because um, I've had people tell me that, like, they've gotten coworkers to start listening to us. And uh, it's interesting in the situations that you find yourself with, like, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, like, I was in the ER and I was telling my doctor that they should listen to it because I had, like, a Batman <laughs> keychain. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Thanks. <laughs> like... Stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you could tell anybody if they notice that you're a Batman fan and they are too, then it's definitely something that uh, they can hop on, on into. So, but, uh, Robin, you got something to ask? Uh, uh, it's, it's been a long weekend. I don't even have the time to put together, you know, any sort of clever backstory to go along with it. I'm just going to ask where the fuck is the trunkler. <laughs> I think he is uh, whitewashing a fence, from what I remember. Uh, what I thought something I saw, like that. He put something like he had to make a couple more uh, pennies for uh, a, a, a candy apple, so he was uh, whitewashing the fence, and he was able to trick some of the neighborhood kids into doing it for him somehow because he said it was really fun. So, anyways, <laughs> all right, that's it from uh, Bat Force Radio, and uh, we will see you, or we'll see you at another time. <laughs> <laughs>